Let's talk about digital identity, the podcast connecting identity and business. I am your host, Oscar Santolaya. In the lead up to Corner Identity and Access Management Summit 2023 in London, the Let's Talk About Digital Identity team have released this special episode to discuss hybrid IAM. A trending topic in the identity management industry, IAM stakeholders are increasingly interested in understanding what hybrid IAM really means, how we can solve modern IT challenges, and how to evaluate whether hybrid IAM is a suitable business choice for their current identity projects. For today's episode, and to help answer those questions, I am joined by John Jelema, Vice President of Product Management at UbiSecure. Hello, John. Hi, Oscar. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Very welcome. So, John, let's talk about digital identity. And as usual, we want to hear a bit more about our guests. So please tell us about yourself and your journey to this world of identity. Sure, absolutely. I started in a very old internet company back in the United States in 1997. Uh, moved over to Amsterdam where I became a product owner on several security services for Verizon, the global telco. The last of which was operating an anti-DDoS platform. So to ensure availability of circuits all over the globe through some of the largest DDoS attacks, ran that platform for about 15 years. And then I, I came over here to UbiSecure about five years ago. I'm intensely interested in the personal access, the capabilities, and, and the dynamic future of identity management as we move from employee identity management into true global functioning personal identity management. That's why I'm here at Secure. Excellent. So John, to get started with talking about hybrid IAM, what do we mean when we talk about hybrid IAM? It's a good question. It's confusing a lot of times. There's a lot of material out there. If you search for the term hybrid IAM, what different folks are referring to or meaning in practical terms, it's using two dissimilar services or you know, two dissimilar location areas to have a service deployed at the same time. So a lot of organizations, I mean, we're 20, 25 years into this thing called the internet with user accounts. And there are lots of legacy systems. That's a term that is widely used for employee identity and access management or your logon service that you that you do or your access when you sign into your laptop or internal machine. It's functionally, a legacy IAM is functionally a server or a private cloud at this point in time that a corporation or an organization runs for themselves. And hybrid IAM is linking that legacy service with a cloud-based service. So something that is on a public cloud uh, like Azure from Microsoft or AWS, Amazon Web Services, where you can get uh, compute functionality from one of the larger providers in a dynamically scalable environment. So it's kind of old school and new school coupled together, and that gives you hybrid. That's the functional area of what hybrid IAM is. Of course, the detail is why would anyone want to have a hybrid IAM? Why add uh, complexity to those kinds of pieces? And the answer is you really have different use cases. So your legacy service, like I suggested, was a, a BDE, so business to enterprise or business to employee, where your public cloud-based service that is the new component in hybrid IAM 
is really you're reaching out to consumers or citizens or business partners. So you're doing something that's kind of different to what your existing business was doing. And you don't want to have the complication of trying to onboard lots of non-employees into your employee IAM system. Yeah, indeed. Often I talk with customers and and they have those requirements. They might need hybrid. One might think, but why don't you stick to on-prem or don't, why don't you do only cloud? But often both requirements are needed and yeah, hybrid IAM is, is, is what is needed. When could you consider choosing hybrid? For myself as a legacy networking individual, I would consider hybrid at any moment in time where I could make a logical mark. So I'm trying to make a division in between which systems are running. It's true, like you suggested, Oscar, you could have two implementations of your legacy stack running on your own prem. And you could say one of those is for internal and one of those is for external. The driver or the key would kind of be well, does your legacy stack IAM actually do all of, does it serve all of the use cases? Does it do all of the functions that your new uses are, are looking for? So how do I integrate with, with a business partner or how do I offer services in a consumer way or a citizen manner? If you're, if you're a government organization, you don't necessarily want to expose all of the details or run the risk of, of commingling use access for everyone. So putting an easy demarcation point, a demark point in between the two services is key. And it will be a use case that kind of drives you to look out towards a public cloud. And it is that merging of the public cloud, that new service somewhere out there in the cloud infrastructure, along with your existing um, on-prem legacy service or private cloud service, that really makes you hybrid. There's another aspect that people will or organizations will oftentimes look at when they're considering choosing hybrid, and that's cost control. Your hardware, your legacy stack is expensive to to run, operate. It takes your IT team an amount of time to manage and keep it going, to keep it secure, even for your employees. And you say, well, is there a way or a method to actually get all of the service function without having the core obligation or the core liability, the security risk of actually running things on-prem. Starting with B2B or a B2C out in cloud, so making a high, an initial hybrid implementation that does a new feature for you is a good starting point or a stepping off point where an organization that has an existing platform, a legacy platform, can start looking and solving the question of going out to a hybrid and then eventually a, a full public cloud in, environment without going through the organizational trauma of completely upsetting everything, trying to make a dramatic shift of every use case all at once. So concerning hybrid cloud can be for a couple of different reasons. Cost control, it can be new features, new functionality, and it can be along the general migration path, a growth path that an organization is doing. Yeah, absolutely. And if we go to see the, the benefits, because also mostly when we have an organization has to make a decision, do we go hybrid, do we stay as we are? It's important to know clearly what are the benefits of choosing hybrid. So how, yes, what, for you, what are the main benefits of choosing hybrid IM? For me, and as the head of product here at UbiSecure, it's the, it's the same kind of decision we make in, in, in our own roadmap. We look at the use cases that uh, customers are bringing forward in RFPs that's reflective of the benefits or the benefit decision-making process that we see a lot of companies 
doing. And that is really a generational change. They can be looking to utilize their IT staff in more effective manner than managing this internal identity access management. There can be challenges with a merger acquisition. So if the company is actually considering expanding or being taken over, how do I actually make sure that my existing business partners, if I'm calling them internal at this moment, utilizing my legacy stack of BDE for for my partners, how can I do more for those external users? And the more is security as a primary driver. One of the big benefits of, of choosing a hybrid IAM is like I said, this big D mark in between your existing service and the new things that you're trying to do, or the better improved, more improved security that you're trying for. It's easier to implement multi-factor for external users if you're on completely a new platform. You can multi-factor that user in and give good control points very easily. And then only with uh, OIDC compliant tokens, come back and process the specific pieces of information or specific access to your internal applications that you might want to be giving to your partners. So really using public cloud, and that is the hybrid IAM, as an extra security layer or an extra layer of an onion, if you know that classical security model. That's, from my view, one of the largest benefits of choosing a hybrid IAM. You get more functions, different functions, altered functions that you don't have to attempt to build into your legacy service. So there's no existing corporate disruption while you're growing your business. And that can be organically as as your business grows or inorganically through merger and acquisition. Yeah, exactly. And do you see any drawbacks of downsides that can be considered? Anytime you add a complication, right? And, And a hybrid IAM is a step function. You're adding a complication. You're talking about adding a second system. That can be considered to be a drawback. But if you consider the direction of IT in general, there are fewer and fewer prem-based installations, more and more services that your corporation is using, whether that's ticketing, whether that's mail services, whether that's applications for data processing or anything, more applications that we use are going towards the cloud. And there's good reasons for going towards the cloud, and that is public cloud for all of these kinds of applications. It's much easier to ensure security. So there can be security patches and feature additions that happen on a cloud environment in a much, much faster time frame compared to what it takes to for all of us to, for example, install the latest image, latest security patch on our laptop or make a generational shift of our laptop. When all of the applications we're using are out in the cloud, again, the public cloud, then the world is just about access. And you can access those applications from anywhere you're qualified to access them from. So bring your own device. And as long as I can securely identify yourself or myself, then I should be able to use that item or that application, again, be it email or be it our internal ticketing system, as an example. That's a clear directional move that the entire world, not just identity and access management, but the entire world is moving saying, we no longer desire to have machine rooms in an office cabinet or in a closet in every office building for every company individually. Those are costly. They have a lot of CapEx cost. And it's much easier to grow scale and use what you need in a public cloud offering. Starting with hybrid IAM, 
you get the benefit of having your existing platform being not disrupted, but you have the complication saying now there's this external or this additional application that your IT staff or your operations team at least have to pay attention that you have internal users, Oscar and John log on to UbiSecure, and you have external users, customer A, B, or C logs on to our IDAS platform. And there is extra work while a corporation or organization is going through this transition from legacy to public cloud. This transition is really hybrid IAM. Yeah, we can see there are many, many benefits. A few, of course, drawbacks, especially complexity. If someone who is, is now considering, maybe already a person made the decision that, yeah, we're going to do hybrid IAM. So it's to try to visualize that, how to start a project, yeah, what happened at that moment? How to start a project? So what are the, the goals or outcomes that will need to be achieved by the organization? It's always hard to know when starting a hybrid project is a good idea or replacing your existing service is a good idea. It's best for every organization to consider it before they have a traumatic event like a security breach. Security breaches would be an obvious consideration or a security audit, which is one step back from a breach where your auditor says, hey, you're not doing a very good job keeping your your legacy system up to date, or when you did this merger and acquisition or integrated a business partner as B2B or reached out to consumers or citizens as B2C, you're starting to take on lots of liability because you're building a user database that's incredibly huge. And GDPR says, I should have a right to forget. So you have a lot of liability coming in there that you have to manage. Instead of waiting for a traumatic event, again, like a security breach or an audit event where suddenly your your company's thrown into, again, a, a light state of trauma where they're saying, I'm not going to pass my security audit next year if I don't resolve this kind of thing now. We should all be kind of looking and saying, is my existing stack of software doing everything that I want? Does it serve all of the use cases that I want? Would it scale uh, dynamically if the marketing department said, let's go get a million more customer leads? So could my platform scale if we change business focus? Does it actually serve where the corporation is going? And does running internal services, is that a key function to my business? If it's not really a key function to your business, it's a historical thing. You started in B2E, so an employee or an internal enterprise-wide identity and access management platform. If you have one of those and you've always had one of those because you think you need one of those, now is a good moment to actually look and say, do you really need one of those? Can you look at Microsoft or Amazon services here in Europe, which are incredibly secure and incredibly compliant with, with all of the legislations, and start to utilize hybrid to meet one of the use cases that your current platform isn't able to do very quickly. And this, this for me would be the motivation to start a hybrid project. Is there a use case? Is there a, a group of users that you're not servicing very well? Is it for diversity, equity, and, and inclusion, right? Your current UI isn't compliant or, or it doesn't look as nice as it should or isn't as accessible as it should be. That could be a good moment for considering how to start a hybrid project. Can I get a different UI as, as something that's, that's available? And again, a merger and acquisition, it's a good kind of consideration. If you're merging with a peer company that's same size, you don't want to get rid of your application. They don't want to get rid of their B2E application. Well, 
that sounds like the definition of a hybrid. You need a centralized point where everybody can agree. So there will really be obvious use cases. I think for all of our listeners, anybody who's who's following this podcast will understand that there's a use case that's sitting on their desk that isn't being met by their current organization and maybe can't even be met by, by their current organization. It's really hard for, for their current IT or developer team to actually resolve. And that's going to be the genesis or the start moment of where to consider a hybrid project. Again, you, you don't have to do a complete lift and shift. That's the pure definition of, of a hybrid project. You can keep your existing platform that runs, is very stable, services every, every use case that you currently have, and only use the hybrid public cloud service fulfilling those new use cases or those difficult use cases, the ones that you aren't currently able to do. That to me would be the starting moment for nearly all of our listeners. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's a concept that actually in this conversation with you, I'm hearing repeatedly. So I absolutely agree with that, that how to use hybrid in order to implement, to deliver these use cases, which are underserved by either the private cloud or the on-prem. And those could be much easily and even more securely, probably more securely delivered by using a public cloud-based CIM. Would you also see some possible complications? Just thinking of, again, starting a project like this, starting a project, project is having some progress. So what could be some possible complications? Absolutely. I mean, there are complications. When you're putting on a second system, you do need to find a public cloud-based identity access management platform or an IDAS service that is secure, that is qualified to meet the use cases that you've identified, the reason to start the hybrid project in the first place. So that in and of itself is work. You have to go out and look for vendors and an RFP for an element like this can be a cost to an organization where you don't have manpower or time to actually cover that cost. So all of the organizations, all of the listeners should look for an IDAS service that can make quick, easy trials. They ought to be able to very quickly demonstrate the security additives that they bring to you. They ought to be able to be able to demonstrate the the use cases, fulfill the use cases. And it, it should be easily consumable for you. It shouldn't be overly complex to try and consider how to add this layer. There are still disadvantages you do have extra cost. We are talking a second system that's, that's actually running. And anytime there's more, more systems, more anything, there's going to be more cost. Now, if it is in your organization's uh, corporate transition to go from uh, your own servers to uh, public cloud, and most corporations at this point have the gradual transition to cloud somewhere on the roadmap, a hybrid IAM is, is a good way to start learning how to move uh, the organization forward. But there needs to be budget for that. There is cost in, inside those elements. You will have integration complexities. So your prem-based service or your existing service has to be able to be integrated with a public cloud. Your existing applications need to be compliant to some degree, or you have to have an engine that will actually take your non-standard applications and and make them standard, whether that's SAML or whether that's OADC, you have to be able to integrate. And that's oftentimes a challenge. Knowing what your applications are, being able to do a site survey of what your applications are versus your new use cases, and being able to carry out that integration is complex. 
That's the reason ourselves as a vendor and, and others in, in the space exist, because it is complex and there are vendors out that can help you with this with this kind of review or integration capability. And one of the final pieces has got to be latency. So it's not a huge factor if you're operating inside, for example, all inside Europe here. But you need to consider, is your transaction, whatever is going on or takes place with that new user coming onto the hybrid cloud platform way out there someplace, and then coming through authenticating themselves with whatever public service they've authenticated themselves, and then coming back into your infrastructure, is your application tolerant of that amount of latency? So there can be gaps or difficulties, complications, even if everything looks right on paper, even if the IDAS service uh, functions well, there can still be difficulties with the application or the latency in between the two clouds, as it were, the public of the IDAS and, and the private of, of your current service. Again, whether that's prem or, or whether that's uh, your server is running out on an EC2 instance in AWS, for example. Yes, yes, definitely good that you you mentioned all these yeah, possible scenarios like latency, different potential complications. Some might happen, in, for instance, if they are, the company has, uh, let's say, offices in every continent. But if that's not the case, then it's not a complication. But there are, there are many scenarios, as you say, that has to be uh, taken into account. When you mentioned earlier about mergers and acquisitions, one thing that came to my mind immediately was, okay, of course, I think if there's a merger or acquisition, I think almost for sure that a hybrid IAM project is born. It's almost for sure that. What if one of the, let's say there are two companies only, what if one company uses one type of cloud, let's just say Azure, and the other uses Amazon Web Services? Well, they are based in both are cloud, using cloud, they both have their identity access management. Um, what about this type of orchestration, coexistence between different clouds? So, I mean, functionally, in the, in the very early days of an, a merger acquisition, You've got to decide who gets an account on both platforms, right? Your IT staff are suddenly going to have two accounts and they're going to have to manage two accounts, one in one Azure and, and one in AWS. That's for, for simple access. Administrators are always overburdened. Your IT staff are always overburdened with too many systems to run. As a company, you're going to have to decide, and maybe maybe many companies already have, having gone through the COVID pandemic and everybody's starting to work remotely, but you're going to have to decide how to authenticate a human being onto a platform that isn't on your premises. So the laptop isn't plugging onto a LAN, whether that's wireless or whether that's cabled, they aren't plugging onto a LAN in your office building. So they're not behind your firewall, you can't identify them as easily. And in any good zero trust policy, you shouldn't necessarily trust anything from out there in the open internet. That's the kind of merger and acquisition problem you're running into where you say, I've got a thousand person company on AWS. I've got a thousand person company on Azure. How do I actually pull these two together? A hybrid solution can be very easy to say, well, I don't want 100% of the applications from company Azure versus company AWS. I, I don't want to give access to everything yet. We're only in the early days of merger and acquisition. Oftentimes in an M&A, there's a staff reduction. So you don't necessarily need to HR departments. You don't necessarily need all of the sales staff. That's not always true that you could be growing, but you're going to go through an alteration of your corporate structure and you can use a third platform. So that could be either on Azure or on AWS or somewhere else. 
You could use a third identity and access management platform to say, Oscar, let's all, you and I can all, you know, identify ourselves on this third platform. And that third platform has equal access back into uh, specific applications found within company on AWS and specific app- similar applications found on company inside Azure. Again, it's, it's more complex. It's not a straightforward kind of way, but that's one of the easiest ways. Again, introducing a hybrid is one of the easiest ways of saying, I'm not going to immediately merge or try and slam the two corporations together. I'm simply going to set up another platform that handles the who gets access to what, who is identified as what. It's actually not as strange as it sounds. Oftentimes when companies merge, you'll say company John, company Oscar, and now we have the new company called Oscar John, right? You'll merge the names of the company, your domains will merge, and it's a very easy transition saying, we're going to set up another platform. Again, could be a second one on AWS, could be a second one on on Azure. Doesn't have to be overly complex. One of the IT departments is going to have more work both of the IT departments are going to have access control work to do. But it shouldn't be difficult. It shouldn't be difficult for, for any company going through an M&A. Yes, indeed. John, we are going towards the end of this conversation with you about hybrid IM. And for a closing question, and a question that is always target to business leader, decision makers, what would you tell us? Why should hybrid IM be on their agendas? It's a good or a, or a key question. It's it's one that we've been thinking about here inside Secure for for a couple of years now, trying to resolve how to best serve what we think the use cases are. The the gradual migration from, I've said it a few times in the podcast, but the key point would be a gradual migration from prem services to more secure cloud services. That cloudization or that migration towards cloud is going to be one of the drivers and hybrid IAM can be an easy uptake. So it can be a way your the executive management team, as well as the, the top end of your IT team, can start to get experience with things that aren't their own, right? How to get onwards, how to move your company forward into a public cloud scenario. You might already be doing this with using Office 365 and, for example, not even realize that what you're doing is you're taking your local Active Directory and you're using it in a clouded environment accessing all of the Microsoft applications or the Google applications. If you're on on G Suite, all the Google applications out there in cloud, you're not installing them on-prem. A second key driver would be, for me, security. Where Where I think identity access management is going, growing, and continuing is around the areas of security. We've all seen that passwords aren't secure, You should have a fairly simple, good, memorable password that's extremely long for lots of, so for for the big three ecosystems, those are all moving towards passwordless for the end user, which is fantastic. It makes it easy for me to log on to my phone or my laptop, passwordless or Fido2, whichever ecosystem you, you happen to be most interested in. But when you're talking about business to business or business to consumer, there's the extra need of MFA. So you need to have a multi-factor authentication. You need to consider other areas of security, risk-based authentication on top of it, what your security stance is, how to see who is accessing what and block unneeded transactions or unwanted transactions very quickly. And moving towards a hybrid cloud, again, offers a good DMARC, offers a, a security point where you can lay or lay over or add on 
multi-factor authentication for a user who is not in your system, is not identified in your system. And probably one of the last pieces, but it's really important, especially for for all of our, our European listeners, is the European Union's EIDES project. The idea that myself as a European resident will be able to have a digital wallet on my phone where I can conduct a majority of business with just about any organization, public and private, anywhere on the continent. That means I can identify myself in a very strong manner very easily, and I contain or remain in control of all of my personal details. And that in and of itself, that kind of legislation is the clear driver that the digital world is moving. So you don't want to necessarily have all of your consumers or maybe even all of your employees identifying themselves off a username and password and MFA that you have on your local legacy implementation installation. You want to start considering how to move to a hybrid cloud or a full public cloud, hybrid being a good step. So it's on your digital path, it's going to be more secure, and there's new technologies or legal requirements that are coming to your organization. Those are, those are going to be the three key drivers for, uh, for, I think, any of our listeners. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot, John, for enlightening us about Hybrid IM. Tell us if someone would like to follow this conversation with you, what are the best ways for that? If anybody is interested in, in discussing Hybrid IAM, they can reach out to anyone here at UbiSecure. We're all very conversant on it. We, it is an opinionated field, and we're happy to have the conversation to, to work through uh, your use cases, your specific areas of interest, or your, your question on something that I might have said and, and potentially you might disagree with. Reach out to us, and we're all available. You can find us at uh, um or reaching out to sales. We're happy to have the conversation. Perfect. Again, thanks a lot, John, and all the best. Thank you very much, Oscar. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk About Digital Identity, produced by UbiSecure. Stay up to date with episodes at ubisecure.com slash podcast or join us on Twitter at UbiSecure and use the hashtag LTADI. Until next time, 